0: Hello, and welcome to episode three of Rethinking Work. We have so far interviewed a few tech founders, but we've also decided to go further afield. We went over to Rewind Studio, who are now Magna Opus. They are a kind of really forward-thinking experiential company they started out as doing visualizations for architecture practices and they've scaled up and grown they now work with bbc they work with disney they work with red bull and they have really moved into kind of vr ar world and then obviously a buzzword at the moment is the metaverse and they've completely grown to expand to really incorporate the metaverse and how they think and bill and i uh, your co-host we've Been very interested in how the metaverse will impact on our architectural and physical world. And we have a really kind of free roaming chat about how the metaverse in a digital world can mix with the physical world.
1: I mean, he's very interesting about how it will overlay onto the physical world and in in a rather seamless, a seamless way. And it's not about the physical and the virtual. It's about how they're going to work together. And I think he's, uh, you know, no one knows what the future is. And he offers a very plausible
0: uh, you. So we went on a road trip all the way to St. Albans. It was great. It was really good fun. So enjoy the episode. I think the last time we spoke, uh, you were kind of, VR was really like a hot topic last time we spoke. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. But everyone was just asking you to do stuff in VR. And I remember we had this chat and it was like, VR isn't going to solve your creative issue. It is a medium. And I think everyone was just like, do VR. Um, So I wanted to talk a bit about that. And then also now everyone is do metaverse. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm here going do metaverse, but I want you to kind of explain, I don't think anyone knows what the metaverse really means. And actually people are like, do the metaverse, do the metaverse. So, and also- Are you metaverse architects? We want to ask, do you think we should be metaverse <laughs> architects? As, uh, hold our hand through the metaverse world. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to... Record inter- all this. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to record this. <laughs> so if I introduce you, so like we met whilst you were at Rewind, but actually Rewind, what, 12 months ago, you've hmm. now been bought in... Why don't you give us a bit of backstory about Rewind and then the the new company, Magnopus. Oh, I pronounced that properly. Magnet, Magnet Opus? Magnum Octopus? Magnum Octopus. No, it's Magnum Opus. So Magnum,
2: Magnopus. Magnum Opus, um, okay. Yeah, so we... Uh, start at the beginning. So we, uh, I started the company 10 years ago, almost to the day. And um, we were very much in architectural visualization, visual effects, animation work. And we did a lot of kind of TV commercials. And through that process, we began to utilize new technologies within our kind of production process. We started using game engines to help us make films. We started using interactive like tools to allow us to kind of animate quicker. And that led us to doing. Uh, like experiential marketing. So we'd make a pop-up something that we could build somewhere and get lots of people looking at it and then realize that actually we could get a lot of people writing about that. So the PR off the back of doing something big and technically difficult was, you know, tens of millions of dollars worth of bought marketing. And so we ended up in this experiential space. And when the first VR headsets came out, the, you know, the DK1s, we were right at the forefront of having all of the right skill sets to be able to use it and use it really well. So we got a couple of really big gigs away, one with Red Bull. So we did the Red Bull Air Race in VR to allow people to fly around in their planes, 200 miles an hour, 50 foot off the ground, it makes you feel like you're there. And it was just brilliant. Then we helped Jaguar launch their electric car. So 70 people all brought together socially. They could all see each other as avatars. And then the car kind of formed out of light in front of them. And then they oh, yeah, I fell into yeah. the vehicle and anything else. So we were kind of doing these big touch points of, proof points of what the technology could do to help people see things in different ways. And then we started to create, you know, content that just wasn't for marketing, which was for the platforms as they began to came out. So we started looking and feeling a lot like a games company, but the things we produced were interactive experiences, which had gamification as part of it. So we've been living in this space on the edge of games building. And so that immersive space, you know, keeps reimagining itself. So it was virtual reality, then it was XR, then it was AR, then it was MR, now it's immersive and now it's being metaverse. And all of those things are really trans, you know, part of it's, you know, people wanting to take investment money. So it's always the next shiny thing, but really it's just the evolution of the language of how we communicate about what the next internet is. And the metaverse is just
0: the next internet. And do you you call, I feel like metaverse has been taken over by Facebook as in, so do you still call it the metaverse or is it like web 3.0 or do you, is, is metaverse now a word that people don't want to use because it's so heavily associated with Facebook?
2: Uh, it really <laughs> in all honesty, depends who you're talking to. Um, and you don't want to, you know, I don't want to be rude to someone who wants to say, I want to create something in the metaverse or I need a metaverse strategy for my company because obviously they want to engage and they've, they've heard something and they've, they've been nervous about it or excited about it. But really it's such a, big subject, it's like saying the internet. And you go, well, what do you mean? Are you talking about Snapchat? Are you talking about you know, FaceTime? Are you talking about Amazon? Are you talking about the IoT devices for my ring doorbell? Yeah. All of these things live on the internet in different ways and we engage with them. So the metaverse is just a transition from a 2D internet to a 3D internet, to so a spatial computing internet where it is around us all the time but we don't see it so using ar glasses or ar devices or virtual reality we can enhance the spatial you know the, the world around us with this new technology and so the evolution of it when you know from 2d to 3d from from individual pages to spatial computing is a big leap and then it's but it's incredibly natural if you think about where we're going as humanity and where we've been how we experience the world we are spatial creatures And everything in our world is designed, you know, and we've been doing it since we've been in caves. And so we're just transitioning to a point where the digital self can also inhabit 3D spaces in the way that we want to. The really fun bit is, though, you know, the first evolution is I'll take a digital twin of my office and I'll make it exactly the same as my office. This office was a pain in the butt to kind of make, right, because it has constraints to do with health and safety and fire regulations and how much, you know, paid for and power and water and whatever else and that's, insurance. That's,
1: that's why you come to East London's <laughs> premier office design. Oh, well, there you go.
2: But, you know, in my digital twin of it, I can have another floor on top of here. You know, the third floor is actually a digital floor. You, have a, great, you
1: have a great diagram on your website, which is a sort of digital HQ in the nth floor uh, reality, and then a, a, a middle part of the sandwich where we are overlaying these virtual things into real life. And the thing that struck me most was it's very democratising. Uh, you know, at the moment, the internet, you go through these very various portals, and I suddenly thought, if it's visual and it's spatial, it's actually very inclusive. I'm thinking of my parents who are 73, or my kids who are four and six. Actually, there are going to be so many more ways to interact with it or explain the idea you're
2: trying to explore. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, as long as the user experience and design is done in ways that is, you know, uh, fits within how humans experience the world or how cultures, because if you think about it, how we design buildings in the UK is different from India is different from South America. You know, they look and feel similar because humans are generally the same size and shape but also but how we have culturally got to understand how a building flows and how we experience it will change and within the digital realm because it can be anything we're probably going to start with things that feel close to home yeah and then we're going to expand into new ways of experiencing it with this so you know a, a supermarket made a you know, they're in the metaverse they've made a digital twin of <laughs> Tesco's do you really think that walking around aisles is the best way of shopping it really isn't it's like, like
0: apple icons on their phone they just replicated yeah. like a digital recorder and then they once everyone got comfortable with that then they stripped But all it of that is away. better than the current one at the moment <laughs> you know when you're choosing your ricardo list you
1: know you're you're looking at all you're scrutinizing purchases that you would just be making much more sort of fast decisions in real life so i'm just saying what's the current the current way isn't particularly successful either so there is an opportunity for you know browsing at a much quicker quicker rate, and maybe we jumped but i don't mind been straight into that idea of an employee experience you know you're talking about brands and retail and you know cult cultural uh, applications which sounds awesome but we're, we're exploring this idea of how you know we're, we're in this beautiful office in st albans um some people are working here some people are working from home Well, what, what can we do
0: to make the people feel part of that experience using some of these tools? It's culture, isn't it? How can you, how can you keep this culture metaversely? (laughs) Um,
2: So yeah, it's a really difficult thing and we're trying, we, many people are trying to solve it in different ways. So Microsoft have Microsoft Mesh, Spatial have Spatial IO, Facebook have Horizons, and there's a few other companies trying to work out what the future of work is. and. First, people are going to meeting spaces. like, how can I represent myself as an avatar in a meeting space? And so Facebook have Facebook workplace, which I said workrooms. And I can jump in there with 24 people up to, we all have avatars. We can all see each other. We feel present because now I've got hands and some body language and some facial expressions. And we're in a space looking at each other. You know, it's all inferred, but we are there. And if you haven't used it, you should give it a go because it does feel like I had a meeting with those people yeah because they've, they've nailed
0: they've the eye tracking haven't yeah. they so once the eyes actually I think it's all in the eyes once they get that it does feel a, li- a lot more realistic does yeah. not it but
2: it, it currently the technology is all inferred so it infers
0: generally where it thinks you are looking but
2: doesn't track it the next set of headsets will have tracking technology in it which will do full facial animation and the rest of it which will really help but the, the what I was getting to is that um everybody's digital in that space so we are all here you know, maybe say half the office are physically here and half the office are remote. If we want to have a meeting with the remote ones, we either all currently need to go digital, which actually means sitting at my desk and everyone's on a video call from wherever they are, um, or we need to represent them physically here, or we need to try and find a hybrid of of the both. And so the next evolution of the future of work isn't one or the other, it's finding that way of bringing the two together. And I think these new technologies of where metaverse or immersive or augmented all these new technologies can enable us will allow us to bring the two together or have a a mode where we can choose the direction of travel so um we've been looking very heavily with the i was talking about before the dubai expo so just to talk about that and it will make sense so within that they wanted to give an ability to have reach for a four square kilometer new city 200 architects 200 countries how can we let the world come here Because, you know, let alone the pandemic, it's very expensive to get on a place. So we're saying that anyone that can't afford it cannot engage with this, you know, level or this moment when we're bringing the world together to kind of, you know, show off the best of and galvanize us all together. So create this digital one, make it mobile first and browser and then desktop and VR if we want to, but mobile first because there are up to four billion smartphones in the world. You know, And even the poorest countries smart you know jump past personal computers and straight to smartphones. So smartphone means that we can get to most people. And that means they can come there, they can use thumbsticks, they can walk around the space, they can see the architecture, they can engage with the stories and the, st- the learning and anything else um, from where they are. The thing we did which was really cool was that for the people that are physically there, they can hold up their phone and they can see all the enhancements in AR, like a digital layer, like a, you know, a mirror world they can see they can also see the avatars there. So I can see so-and-so from Australia, so-and-so from Los Angeles, so-and-so from London, whilst I'm in Dubai and I can say, hey, how's it going? And they turn around and go, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, and we can have a conversation across that digital and physical divide. So
0: there's a social media, a, a real social layer attached <sighs> on top.
2: It's bringing it together so that it doesn't, it's not one or the other, it's your choice or how you want to connect with it. So. The same with the office. So our Los Angeles office, there's a complete digital twin of that. There's a complete digital twin of this office as well, which is matched one-to-one geospatially locked. So we've made it so it has an enhancement, but it's really about this. And so LA staff members can come and sit at that desk there. And currently I can't see them. But if I was in VR, I could see them. But also if I held up in augmented reality, I can then see them through the phone. And the, the big evolutionary step is that there are ar glasses just around the corner we is can that see- the hololens stuff is that, that hololens thing? is what we can get our hands on now magic leap have one and there's a few others that are in development and if you think about the smartphone having all of the current technology's ability to develop onto and it's just clunky because i'm holding it here but there's some amazing applications coming from that that just then transitions to the kind of headsets that we wear next so and now i have these glasses on all the time which gives me the ability to bring that digital universe spatially here all the time. And with that going on, then... Wow, that's really We get the richness of the future internet blended like real-time visual effects into our current reality. And it might just be one thing. It might just be, you know, Jeff from Los Angeles sitting in that chair and I could walk up to him and have a conversation with him. Or it could be that, you know, the idea that Samsung are going to sell me another TV is done because I can have as many flat screen on any surface in here that my glasses can represent, or I can have you know my digital pet dragon that's following me around all day, every day, you know, like Tamagotchi, but beyond. So, there's, there's these massive enhancements and changes of how we culturally connect and how we live, how we play. Which, with this, you know, it seems it's not simple, but with this idea that the digital world can live like physical objects,
0: yeah, is going to change everything. That's right. Because mean, I guess a very analog version of that is one of our favorite architecture practices. Big. They have two studios, one in London, one in Copenhagen. They have a huge wall, video screen wall, and it's live video feed of the other office. You can walk up to it and literally wave to the other people, so they can. Yeah, and I thought that that that's a very like a very old, old school version of doing that. How far away do you think the technology is? You know, like Apple glasses may come out, may not come out. I mean, are you working on stuff now? with technology now that is doing this kind of a AR. totally so we're working you know with the technology that's available which is
2: you know microsoft hololens 2 or the magic leap headsets they are they are the original 80s mobile phone of the tech it's big it's clunky yeah. it costs you ten thousand dollars a minute to do anything but you can do it you can take it and you can make a phone call and you can talk to someone and, you know the current ar headsets are that so but think how far we went from you know, that 80s car mobile phone to a device that lets me do FaceTime or lets me use Snapchat or powers Amazon or does three, like there's a huge gap to get from where we think we're going to end up to where we are now. And so we already have those technologies showing us glimpses of it. They're just very expensive and they're not consumer grade. And it doesn't take very
0: long before they get to be something that, we all wear every day and are you helping to develop that I noticed you said you like you're a partner with Microsoft partner with and are you they do they give you like really rough (laughs) versions and like what do you think can you help develop this yeah so we we consult with all
2: kinds of different technology technology companies on what they're doing and their kind of direction of travel some I can talk about some I can't
1: will there does is it led by a gaming sector or a particular niche product that's a kind of beachhead or or very quick at up up taking these technologies before it trickles through to the
2: proles like me um it needs uh so it enterprise often goes first with any technology because it's really easy to see this four thousand dollar device helps doctors train faster or this four thousand dollars device allows me to fix I don't know aeroplanes and it makes me 10 percent more efficient and that plane costs x amount not to fly so if I invest 10 million to make something it saves me 10 million on every plane god yeah let's make it so it, it's a really find point use cases of new technology quite quickly to get to mass to get to you know large numbers of people want to use technology you you need to get the killer app you know what what was the what I like to call the Tetris to the Game
1: Boy console you know, exactly that?
2: you know why did why did I buy an Xbox One to play Halo it wasn't to buy an Xbox didn't care about the technology. I wanted to play that game, and that was worth the 300 pounds or whatever it was. So, th- whatever it is that's the 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 use case and the, you know to, to just to build on it, I bought my granddad a an iPad just to do FaceTime. There wasn't any of the other stuff that it's amazing that it can do, and the, you know the whole internet's on there and every application. But the point use case of being able to talk to them and make it feel like it was there was worth the cost. So immersive and vr and vr and all the other things it's not about the technology it's about the applications that run on it the reasons that we want to have that thing because it enables us to do something
1: i one um oh excuse me well
2: uh, <laughs> one, one thing we noticed
1: working with property developers was that there was a hesitancy to put on vr glasses because they were worried that someone's going to come and poke them in the tummy and, and and there were these sort of social barriers that you don't necessarily see and you're on the leading edge of this and you work with a lot of people who have been tracked to choose this as a career. Um, I wonder if there are blockages that we can't yet see like that the Google glass, the glass Hole wearers as they as they were they were called called, you know, that actually fell really, I was sad about that I could totally see myself using that. Um, there were privacy issues.
2: Now the world's moved on. But I don't know if you've got any thoughts on Well, uh, Google, someone had to go first you know, head mounted technology, and it was an R&D activity. It's, um, Google Glasses are actually incredibly successful in enterprise for enabling factory workers, hands free notification of what's happening in front of you, lightweight, 100 bucks or less than, you know, we're going to deck the entire factory out with these people so we can help the whole thing move on because everyone's hands free. Um, Me wearing in a bar in St. Albans, yeah, I just stick out like a sore thumb. And, Would people notice? Do they look like that? I mean, I'm thinking...
1: they The
0: original ones do. The newer ones
1: don't. A so, little bit um, a
0: medical condition when the original and, ones...
1: And, and maybe there are privacy issues. I, I'm I'm imagining you could see... If you could see what each one of your workers sees, that has got to help run businesses. But I, I don't know if there are privacy it, issues. Dep-
2: there, is, there is massive... So that's a, it's, it's a much larger... We, we can get into kind of security and kind of data analytics and the rest of it. So um, yes, uh, gl- the technology is there. My always push back on is that it, the state of the art technologies is not for us. It's for the next generation. And every current generation has this nostalgic love of the past and the technologies of the now to think that it was the best. And you know what? It's not. It's just always going to keep evolving. So You get to a point when people are quite luddite about stuff. You're like, oh, we're just going to smash up the factory. We can't have this. You know, artificial intelligence is going to replace everybody who uses a computer doing this at the minute. Every artist, every visualization company are done in the next 10 to 15 years because you just tell the computer to render me this at night looking like Paris, and it just does it because it knows what all the images should look like. So there's a a real downward pressure on it. um, and I always get pushed back and go, no, oh, no, it'll never happen. I'm, it, it, it is. It's coming. And we can't stop it because that's just the wave of change. Um, same as I was talking to a healthcare company recently about, you know, how hospitals are going to reimagine themselves with, you know, uh, a metaverse strategy, a digital approach. How do you engage you know, patients before they arrive and how do you engage them post and how do they connect? And they, but they were so hung up on like, well, but telemedicine doesn't work now for our current you know patients i said true but all your patients that are currently like that are going to die in the next 10 20 30 years and the next row of patients are all digital natives who are going to expect to engage with the place in the same way they work with their iphone so yes i get it now is a challenge but that's always changing always moving forward and same as the future of work and what you guys are looking at the future of the office and the idea of it it was we were getting into a kind of toxic culture of too much commuting, too many long hours. And it was just getting worse and worse. Pandemic gave us a good reset of going, well, look, we have to work out to work remote. And look, it worked out pretty good. And our productivity went up. Yes, we locked some cultural challenges. Yes, we're missing some of our spatial stuff. Yes, the, anyone new into a business and young people are gonna really challenge because they aren't, haven't got the you know, support in the same way that more senior staff have. But we will figure that stuff out. And one, one, one of the things you said
1: that, I, that, that struck a chord is actually it's not really about o- optimizing and efficiency. I'm hearing that these are tools for enhancing culture and communication between people—a real communication, not a message or not a not a screenshot. But actually, uh, innovation or serendipity or all of those things that we call c- culture are kind are of happen because the tools are just
2: broader or more more human sounding we have to currently and we will over next is we we have to engineer it to happen you know um the classic away day networking thing that most of us would like cringe at the idea of doing actually we need that so we're going to take the whole office and do paintballing or Climbing trees, or camping, or go to a festival, or whatever. And what should we do with all the real estate? Solve solve our problem for us. <laughs> We've got a lot of investors
1: and people out there who are who are worried uh, or or excited. Yeah. But do we change the use? Do we do we change our the pricing models? Do you come in once a week and it, it all becomes this fantastic you experience?
2: Shift it to co-working spaces, but within like-minded companies that are comfortable being within a shared office space so not a we work not as something I like said. It. it's more like me and four of us would come gang together we trust each other enough we've got our, you know NDAs between everyone the employees can be it we'll have separate floors or whatever else but we'll have less space within it and the rest of it we need to just turn into housing we just don't have enough housing in the entire country and we are catastrophically letting people down so I think a reimagining of Current office space, high street space. You know, someone else said to the other day that you know they were looking at redeveloping an entire shopping centre into housing, and I was like, I hadn't thought about that. But every single, you know, internal streets, yeah, everything's yeah. they've covered up, ditch the idea of shopping and turn it into housing. So I, I think there's a, an opportunity. I know I, it's going to be a huge challenge because no one wants to give up. You know, the, the real estate and move it to to homes. But I think consolidating companies together. Reimagining what the office can be using these digital tools to enhance and expand still bringing people together in this mixed modal way of working and then really working at how that we do bring groups of people together in meaningful ways. Our different touch points quarterly monthly whatever you want it to be
0: that's really interesting because we were speaking to some tech companies uh, last week i was working with reach uk nikki whiteman put me in touch um our mutual friend nikki whiteman um and you know there's 60 people they don't even want an office they're, they're a startup they, they come in once a week for like a village hall session mm. and actually i think you're right like these co-working spaces become these hives where everyone like congregates and i just we're not seeing very many tech companies or people that work predominantly in a digital space needing or wanting offices. Um, so yeah, it's such an interesting space to get into. I, I mean, going back to yeah. my original question. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I know. I, li- I love it. We've gone on a great tangent, which is so. Rewind grew based on all these technologies, yeah. and then in the last twelve months, you've now been you're now bought by yeah. or work with Magnopus.
2: Yeah. So they um, a really like-minded group of people are based in Los Angeles led from the film industry um oscar winners ben grossman alex henning set it up and we've been you know treading the same boards living the same life testing the new same technologies and we started to work with them on the dubai expo project so side by side we you know in the same trenches for three years we just realized that we were the same company and we should be the same company so now the office is in, in los angeles and london for everybody else but it's just outside it's in St. Albans for people so in the uk what does that mean for
1: <clears throat> architects or property people who might listen to this podcast if you if you rebuild the dubai expo so i know asif khan a little bit and he's one of one of his projects would he provide the digital asset and you would then host it on the master plan would he would he own it i mean i sound very sort of analog these yeah. questions but is there a future for people to you know for architects to run a digital practice delivering in the metaverse absolutely there's a copy of their what they're doing or even other things you know maybe i'm designing the dragon that's following you around or m- m- moving elements that are, are designed by the architect that did the bricks and mortar elements and that whole experience is actually coming from one creative house. Uh, and if so, how do we do it?
2: Um, yes, <laughs> yes to all of the above. So the, the great thing is, and I, uh, current architects, I don't think they've, you know, many of them haven't realized it, that they are incredibly good at user experience. User experience of how humans want to experience space physical space and then there's you know the the pressures of time budget cost health and safety comes over the top of it and then you know i have to wait five years before we get the building the brilliant thing about uh an architect that really embraces some of the new technologies is you can design and iterate on the space as much as you want and you can open its doors immediately as soon as you want you know part the development or you know before you've broken ground so there was an architect we were looking at a big project for them I said well look as soon as you've got the CAD we can get you up and running we can open its virtual doors and you can let anyone in the world visit this space so same as Expo we were open the doors digitally for them for select people to be able to experience the entire place the entire architecture and everything to do with it because it's all been designed by these incredible people around the world Um, and We can run it, you know, we can iterate it for the whilst they were building the real one, but because it's, you know, one to one matched, you then have the ability that when it's running, you can choose how much of the digital and the physical exist. So we can now run AR enhancements for the physical ones and we can run digital for the fully digital and then you can run it for the life long of the building So run the interior thing. Is there an idea of cross-reality real estate? Do you rent this physical space? Do you get the digital one as well in the metaverse or anything else? And then post the building, you can carry on it going. And also, you can sell the building as many times as you want. You know, license it, buy it. It doesn't have to be one-off. And you can just start, you know, enhancing it. And then the other lovely thing I said before is that physics doesn't matter. So your architectural ideas can go way beyond some of the you know constraints that people are very used to um and also you can bend physics so you can have things which are infinitely small or infinitely big you can have Tardis rooms where you step in and it looks small but actually opens up and so there's real opportunity to expand the horizons of some of the architectural thinking around what happens within space to go beyond what you know the constraints of our physicality to being like well what is the future of work how do we want to live within it is it large space is it small places do i teleport do i have something that moves me how quickly do i move through the space is it more comfortable to go up and open you know a glass lift through an interior because you know what if we move at 12 miles an hour you feel an emotional feeling around the space that you wouldn't get if you just appeared at the top and that's an important thing because i want you to Whatever,
0: whatever, whatever. Can I ask a basic, basic question, which yeah. is, you know, you're just using the the um, the example of an architect having a virtual building before the physical one got yeah. built. Is I mean, the, they already do. Yeah, but is is that does someone own like is there like there's the London Metaverse? So let's say we're doing a plot of land and we yeah. want you to do a digital representation. Is that does. Does Facebook have a London? Do they have a London that, like, you can go into their Metaverse and like, they've actually built London? It's a and, twin of the world. Yeah, it? yeah. Does is someone it? is someone done that yet? Uh, so
2: that, and you know, we so have one now. Trademark yeah. We'll, back. Yeah, yeah, it. It. <laughs> and, yeah. I've got I've got a digital twin of the entire world. It's just incredibly low fidelity, and like, there's nothing there. So we can all have one. You can have one. I, I so then, how populated and what's there, and how does the infrastructure match, and how much of a twin of it? is the bit that gets interesting. And so anybody can make copies of the world, you know, and all parts of the world or whatever else. And it doesn't matter if it's a digital visitor because hey, it's just our digital thing. The bit gets messy when you start thinking about I can deploy digital artifacts, assets, content to be geo-locked. So I can make it so in front of our office, there's a digital dragon that flies around once an hour. And it's only in front of this office. And if you have an AR phone, you hold it up, you can see that happen there. Um, no one can stop me doing that. So Piccadilly Circus, yeah, high I real estate,
1: formerly, yeah. <laughs> when there was football. Um, and that advertising yeah. hoarding, famously, you know, one of the most expensive yeah, yeah. places. To geolock a metaverse there. Yeah, a bit of content over the top of that. Has, I mean, that's been done. Di- that's been, that's been, that, someone's bought that. So how do we get
2: visibility on... They, they haven't bought that. Someone built, built the content for it. So I can go around... But like, they, the, the, the geolock, yeah. it sounds like the critical piece here,
1: that when I have control over what you can see in this space yeah. uh, with your smartphone, that to me seems almost the, the next stage of that conversation
2: you're asking. Of, yeah. Everyone can so, have a copy of London, but actually the... Rela- the over- to, how do I own the space and how do I control what goes in it? So I can deploy in front of every burberry shop in the world i could put uh, gucci or i could put some yeah. or, or, some
1: other yeah, brand yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or, i'm an activist and i yeah. could say every time you go to this investment house you see yeah. blood
2: dripping from them <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah. or i could do a zombie killer shotgun game around toys r us
0: wow or you two went so dark so <laughs> quick no well <laughs> so, the, so
2: there is <laughs>
1: there was blood a lot of blood <laughs> yeah, yeah. so
2: there's no there's nothing stopping me deploying digital content Within other people, you can't control. So there's a company called DR Base. Um, they're a startup in London who are trying to make a globally recognized digital infrastructure, basic database. Saying it, within this office, I own this office space. No one is allowed to put whatever content appearing in this office um, legally. They're a long way off getting buy-in because it involves companies, uh, countries. Tech Giants, you know if Apple basically said "You have to sign up to this agreement to be able to deploy in our store, it would work, but it would also be Google and everybody and everybody every, everyone playing very nicely, so we're a long way out from that part of it. Something as abstract as the next internet
1: you know finding tools to help understand it or describe it I think is one of the challenges, and this idea that uh how you can control what people can see to a specific geography helps people get a bit of a a handle on it um i mean i'm I'm interested that thing about time as a constraint so if you an architecture an architecture practice is is a sort of building research unit and you get a snapshot of time of what the most avant-garde or current or most reliable technologies are and then five years later it's finished by which time everything's moved on and it's that lag and i i see this as an amazing tool to foreshorten that or to offset some of the risk of it um yeah so, so for planning you mean or for, for like... planning also building technologies you can sort of leave some flexibility while elements of the building are, are going up so that as things develop in that interim period well, you you, know. you create space where it can be incorporated
2: everyone's currently wrapping everything in led so, like, there's giant LEDs on the outside, on the inside. Some of them are moving. Like, it's all about big screens because it means that you can adjust the color, the texture, the video, the lighting, whatever you want, and make it adaptable, which is really cool. But the idea that you know, I have to install on in that space there, you know, a million dollars worth of LED as a physical cost because it's only visually that I see it being different. Once the glasses can deploy onto that surface all of those f- so much of the kind of physicality of those buildings will disappear and be kind of digital
1: yeah. i just think it's so it's so exciting because well lots of people feel that there are too many road signs and there's too much clutter on our high street they'll all be digital i mean we've just walked down beautiful st albans high street there's a lot of signs telling you what to do <laughs> yeah. imagine that all goes back and it'll look like a medieval high street and could that's be. all we could well yeah, yeah. Um,
2: yes, there's lots of... To re- those
1: traditionalists out there that want uh, England to return. The only challenge
2: is about access. So it, once you say, well, it has to go in AR, then you have to have the glasses to be able to see that other reality in that other world. Um, we almost have, you know, everybody in the country having a smartphone, almost. Um, and there are certain things you do where you have to have certain technologies to do it. So in a car, you have to have a road license, has to have an MOT it might be that you have to wear your AR glasses to be able to drive in the future or whatever else. Um, same as the office, I made to give everyone a set of AR headsets so they can see their colleagues. Or well, it'll be on the windscreen, it. won't it, of a car, yeah. you know. It could, it, it's all those kind of things opening up. But if you say that it, this is the only way, those people that don't have the technology are kind of be, going to become a different species. Like We're a breakpoint of those that have and have not. We already have it drifting kind of those that have access to the internet which is the world's knowledge and those that don't and so how do we make sure that we have parity and you know make sure that those technologies are also used beyond the wealthy areas of the planet
0: yeah the reason so going back to something you said about the dubai expo i mean one of the we're coming to the 40 minute mark so i'll I'll try and wrap up but um (laughs) the the idea that you can create a physical a digital representation of the physical reality the first time we met was because i was working on an esports stadium and the, the great idea behind it was why would, like, was this is in Middlesbrough, the reason they wanted esports was not bums on seats money. It was the potential for the world and from a marketing point of view to collectively want to come to that space. Yeah. So the marketing capability was massive. And I think your Dubai Expo, the idea that you can hold up a phone and you can suddenly see hundreds of avatars, there's almost like a FOMO of like, oh, there's hundreds of people over there. So in the digital sphere, that's where I should go. And I'm fascinated that there's a, there's a digital version of London that I can experience because... From a tourism point of view, it's massive. And uh, that's why I'm like, does that, is that happening? Is someone building a... Does the London government own the, their own metaverse? Not yet. You know, everyone's trying to figure it out. And where are the people? So are they in
2: Facebook Horizons, which is Facebook's metaverse, which is in within their platform and their control? Is it within Microsoft? Is it within whatever? So each of those tech platforms enable... Users, Or even like, think about Epic Games and Fortnite. Mm, yeah. So Fortnite, you start doing, you can build other things in those spaces because there's 400 million players. So what a great place to access this demographic and show them stuff. But it has to be within their environment, their control, their license and everything else. So where we get between corporate spaces and public spaces, just think about, you know, um, just to riff on London slightly, London is an amazing thing. I can walk down the high street and I could pass anybody who could you know, is legally allowed to get to the UK, but it could be anybody from anywhere in the world could be walking past me, and they're obeying the laws of the country. We hope, but you just don't know. It's the exciting thing about a city. If I go into some of those part, you know, into a corporate building, there is a public part of a building which is the reception area. <coughs> anybody could walk into that area, and so there's a you know, you guys design it all the time of what is that part front front end, back end, and then. To get in, I have to beep through that front door and they have to let me in. And once I go past the security, I'm now playing not only by the country's rules, but the corporate rules on the other side of it. So the metaverse will have lots of these like you know private spaces which are designed That's and owned and controlled, which gives you, I'm in their space. So there's whatever the whatever the rules are, whatever I'm seeing. The bit that hasn't been formalized yet is what is that public infrastructure between those corporate spaces and how does i transition from an avatar within you know the the office in st albans go out into the high street go into a retail store get onto a train go into google's head office like there's the infrastructure around it is all up for grabs and no one knows how that's going to play out yet. I mean, there's a sort of dystopian horror where you put on the glasses
1: and you see Coca-Cola signs against every flat surface in, this, in the city, but I'm sure won't
2: materialize. it won't materialise. It won't materialise, it will and it won't materialise. I, I, you know, the dystopian stuff, I think there's too many smart people to let the world go to shit, personally. There are some bad stuff happening, but I think humanity generally rallies around trying to make the world a better place and I think the technologies will enable that. Um, The big fear is that, you know, we've got very comfortable being that everything is given us to free because we're selling our data and our marketing and our advertising to get these free things. So you may end up being that there is a free version of the metaverse technologies, which sadly does. Give you coca-cola adverts or skiing at skiing holiday adverts at the minute for me which i'm fine about being advertised skiing holidays we're interrupting your work experience yeah. <laughs> to bring you a couple of messages yeah. from our sponsors, but it has to pay for itself somehow and so then there'll be the pro versions which is subscription which turns some stuff off and so there will be just as many complexities and richness the yeah come and enables. work for sony and you can walk down the high street without seeing a single pop-up or you know ad blockers so i you know we did a mm. we built a little proof of concept which basically recognizes every logo it sees and composites a cat image on top of it so i go through london and all i see is kittens
1: but, it, but the applications <laughs> for that Real you can word say app-locker. i don't
2: like i don't like this type of person or this
1: type yeah. of shop and say i want quickly. them to erase erase
2: them from my yeah you basically watch black mirror that's everything we don't <laughs> want to do
1: so that's just so for, for a for a slow, a slow coach, I mean, that is really exciting. And, and thank you so much for giving Pleasure. us that time. I, uh, yep. It was wonderful.
0: Thank wow. you very much.
2: Nice to chat to you guys.
0: Thank you.